And I did run that on myself because I wanted to know, especially this band that I paid for it and my numbers. And I tell all my clients just in transparency, I spent about $52,000 on my premiums from age 29 to 54. My benefit coming back to me from 54 to 65 will be $650,000 tax-free. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. In today's interview, I sit down with Heidi Peters. And Heidi actually reached out to us a couple months ago after hearing me speak and, and actually listening to the podcast. And she was so fired up about what we teach, Intentional Living, One Life. And she is extremely passionate about disability insurance, which is another way to think about disability insurance is income protection. So often we we do all this planning, we we protect our home, we protect our cars, we potentially even protect our life um, with life insurance, um, and we build this wealth plan, but it, that wealth plan is built around us working, us bringing in income, and so often we're not insuring the income itself. And so we just have a conversation around that, and Heidi has an incredible story of of actually being a beneficiary of this, and she is super transparent with you know, what she paid, what she got, some of the things to look out for. And I just, I just find it uh, just a very, very uh, powerful conversation. So if you want to learn more about income protection, disability, if you want to actually say like, hey, I, I should probably talk to someone about this, you can go to betterwealth.com slash income protection. That's betterwealth.com slash income protection. And you can talk to somebody on my team that can have the conversation and see if, if one of these policies and plans are something that you should have in your life. Without further ado, here's Heidi. Heidi, welcome to the Better Wealth Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. So we, we met a couple months ago. I had the opportunity to speak uh, in front of a group that you were in. This is, this is this year, so it was virtually. And you know, we were talk- I was talking a little bit about the and asset, talking about control, talking about you being your greatest asset, talking about being efficient and also making sure that everything's protected. And I, I think what made um, our relationship like, you know, sprout from there is you are incredibly passionate about income protection, disability. And what a lot of people would say is, yikes, like that, that doesn't sound fun at all. But you have when I when I heard your story, and when I heard, you know, a, a lot about your background and what you actually do, I said, not only do I agree, not only at Better Wealth, we're like right there with you, but I just thought you have such a, a unique experience and, and, and I thought it would be really beneficial to have you on the show to share your story, but then also share kind of your insights as it relates to protecting your income and yourself so that you can continue to grow wealth, and become your greatest asset. And so with that intro, um, how, are you, how are you doing today? And, and I would love for our listeners to get a little bit of backstory on who you are and, 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 you know, what makes you be the person you are today? Well, thanks for asking, Caleb. I guess I'm very passionate about this topic, number one, because I've been living it myself, but it started way before my own story. Um, I'm a farm kid from Montana who was raised in a family of have-nots. My father was very much against all insurance, and we lived the consequences of that. Um, be, you know, no crop insurance, no medical insurance, blah, blah, blah. So it came to light early on. My first phone call from my father, I was 18 years old. 
and he had called me to tell me to come to town because my mother was having a massive heart attack. She is 38 years old. So I can tell you that things can happen sooner than what we think. And we were medically devastated. Um, she couldn't work. Of course, my dad had to take a ton of time off. So we never recovered from that. When I became, I went into college and I went into the healthcare field because I wanted to help prevent some of those things that could have been prevented in my family. It really tied together the struggle with money with the struggle with health. And so when I heard about that, there's actually an opportunity to insure your wages, that was a concept I'd never heard of. And um, since I lived in fear and fear of no money, um, I jumped on it right away when I was 29 years old. So fast forward to 2018, after 37 years in dentistry, I experienced my own career ending injury on a non-dominant hand. And I can tell you, your money is attached to every part of your life. Yeah. And I am thankful, Caleb, that every month my dental hygiene wages are put into my checking account. And it's afforded me throughout these years. I did start my own company in 2004, and I was only working with dental hygienists to help them secure a quality plan. Because I don't know if you've gone out and read, as you say, it's boring to look at disability plans, but the contract's very important. Yep. I speak both languages. So I've hung out in the dental space and in the insurance space to help professionals you know, find a quality plan. Cause I'm telling you, if the language isn't correct, you're gonna be uh, surprised in a negative way if you need your policy. So yep. I'm passionate about helping, especially healthcare providers go out and find that plan. They don't have time. That's not their wheelhouse. They're, they're out saving the world. And right now during COVID, as we all know, they're on the front line. They need help from us in our industry to help them make wise financial decisions. Yeah. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and in, this, in this conversation, I would love to be able to pick your brain about the things to look for. And, and because, again, I think disability, it's, it's, again, one of those things, if you don't study it, there's just so many, there's so many things you might not even consider, but there's a lot of um, important things about contracts. Um, I know that I spoke about the and asset before hearing, hearing my, my talk is that, did you have any, like, what are your thoughts about the and asset? Do you use that type of plan or overfund any kind of life insurance in your practice? I actually have done two of them. And so when I heard you, what I can say about what you've brought to the table is that you speak a language that my entire market can understand. Because I know when I transferred um, into full planning with some senior advisors, the words that are used in this yep. industry to explain the AND asset was so complicated. Yep. And I can say from my point of view that if I don't understand it, I'm gonna say no. Yep. It's gonna sound too good. Um, and when I heard you speak, of course I went out and got your book and so my clients are offered that. I got on your podcast. That's how I called you because you're my running partner <laughs> when I exercise. And you had brought up disability. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to talk to him about how yeah. that's tied in. Because I'm tying in what you have. Yeah. Because I work in a space of healthcare providers, which, you know, if you're a physician and a dentist, um, they need to find a space to park money yeah. in a safe area that is certain 
And working with predominantly female um, clients, one of the big things for us is the word certainty. Yep. And the and asset is very certain. So I have two policies thus far. I'm working with my kids to get theirs yeah. set up for college funding, things like that also. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for bringing normal words to a big <laughs> topic so we can all apply it to our normal lives. Yeah, well, that, that's what happens when someone who's not that smart finds something really powerful and then quote unquote dumbs it down so that the majority of people can understand it. And so um, I, it's it's cool to to think big picture. And that's what we're going to do through this conversation. So in summary of your story, you grew up, you saw the negative effects of of people that weren't properly protected. You got into the health space, which is you were a dentist. Hygienist. Hi, hygienist. And then you work there for many years and then you had an injury to your your thumb who which allowed you to no longer practice and because right. you had disability you i'm sure you don't get a hundred percent of what you were making but you get a chunk of that that's going to pay till a certain time did, did i did i kind of summarize that you did okay so let's talk about for for the person that's never heard of income protection or disability let's let's give a over overarching what what is it how do you how do you talk about it? Let's let's dumb it down like I try to do with the and asset because I think it's because I'm telling you if you're listening to this and you buy into you being your greatest asset and the majority of your financial model is built around income coming in and you haven't insured that take notes because whether you're working with someone like us, someone like Heidi or someone like maybe a financial advisor sent you this podcast, it's incredibly important that you get the right prote income protection because your whole financial plan and model could get blown up on losing a thumb or, or, or something very minor. So, so break it down for, for our audience. So what I start with, especially um, on my new graduates that are coming out of school, number one, they haven't even considered what are they as an asset? Yeah. So I just run a wealth building calculator. Um, let's say out here in Washington state, a lot of these new graduates are getting out of school. They're going to make on the west side around Seattle, they're starting out at $55 an hour. And they've never run the analogy, you know, just take that time to 36 hours. And most of the contracts, if they're in their 20s, you know, we're insuring over $3 million. They will always tell me it'll be a house they buy. No, never. And how are you going to pay for the house? So I run that calculation. I let them sit with that big, beautiful number and go, wow. Yeah, because what typically happens when professionals or anybody looks at disability insurance, the only thing their eye goes to is how much is the premium? Yeah. And what's that going to matter? And even with the young people, we start with, you know, what are we insuring? It is your paycheck. They always get it confused with it's their body. And I got to say, I did the same thing. When you say disability insurance, I thought we were insuring ourselves from the disability. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I had to be in a wheelchair it. or a yeah. traction. Yeah. And we all assume that, you know, our health care, our health insurance is going to cover. Yeah. That might cover the hospital stuff. And then I thought that the government would cover me. You know, we pay into L&I or Workman's Comp. They're going to cover me. Well, we can all look at the statistics there and have that conversation or Social Security. I mean, it's very rare you're going to get it. And they're definitely not going to cover you. In my instance, I'm covered till I'm 65. Um, my new graduates, young people, I insure them till age 67 if we can get it. 
Um, so we just start there. What is it? How much are we insuring? And then I walk them through some scenarios. I think it's powerful to tell the story. And now that I've been doing this for so long, there's so many stories I can share with them, not just myself, because it can be anything. And they don't think it might be a thumb. It might just be a simple injury. And I have a hygienist. She worked less than a year and she amputated her right index finger and she was just riding her bike. She was up in the mountains and her chain made a weird noise and she jumped off and she just went to touch it and the pedal slammed backwards and there went her index finger. Yeah. She'll never be a hygienist again. And she's going to be paid 60 to 65% of her gross tax-free until she's 67 years old. So she is a big advocate of it. I, so I, I just believe start that. there is well, what are we insuring and why? So, so taking you back, you first look at people's lifetime income potential. That's where the 3 million comes in on that. So, so that's extremely powerful because majority of people, you might not think of yourself as a millionaire, but you are going to make way more than a million dollars, um, far greater than that, quite frankly, over your lifetime. And so you look at that and say, okay, that's based on you being a great asset and working. Let's be, let's be frank. Like that's, that's what's happening. Exactly. And so that's, that's conversation number one. Then it's, I, I 100% agree with you as it relates to disability. It's such a terrible name, like disability. Like it's hard to even know what that is, but in, income uh, insurance is maybe a better word. It's exactly. like paycheck income. Right. And the way that I've, that I've explained it to people is would you be willing to give a, a couple percentage bases from your salary today to insure 60 to 65% of your money? You know, in this case, the person that, you know, had that horrible accident, of course, she's going to be a big fan of, of this insurance protection because it's going to show up powerfully for many, many years. Um, and so is that, is that what, what's the typical, price premium because I, I do agree a lot of people look at the cost but it, when it comes to risk management if you can if you can eliminate one of the biggest risk and in losing an income um that could be that could be great and i'll just say one other thing in my in my conversation with jeremy and you mentioned it better off dead a lot of times when we're when we're helping people do financial planning and they they might have proper life insurance but there's nothing nothing there that addresses like what if something happens to like what if you have something happens chronic illness or some an accident happens and you're not able to make your income there there needs to be some conversations there of like you're stuck because you don't have a death benefit but you're you have no income yes and that's exactly my family with my mom's story is as painful as that comment is i loved jeremy's comment because it does it gives you that little pain point and when you have to look at an injury like that in a family and think, oh my gosh, you know, we would have been financially better had they passed away. You don't want that to happen. And that just brings on guilt and everything else. So having myself protected, you know, with my market, especially being women, I think we the, predominantly they have three fears about money. And I don't care if they're stay at home moms right now, or they're continuing in their profession, or they're getting near retirement. We all worry, are we going to have to go on a budget? Are we going to become a burden to our kids, our family? And then how do we get started on the financial planning? So your question about how much does it cost? Of course, it's based on your age. So the longer you wait, um, and I get those calls all the time, they're starting to have some issues, their body's starting to talk to them, or, you know, what if, the what ifs, the what ifs. Um, 
and then they're shocked at how much it is. So it doesn't save you money to wait until you're 40 years old. So based on income and it's based on how much are we insuring and it's based on your occupation. So just like Jeremy had said, there are occupations that aren't insurable. And it's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. My dad wouldn't have gotten it as a farmer. My mom was just a clerical worker. So she wouldn't have had that option to do that. Um, but if you can, my the hygienists where we fall, we don't fall in a great category. Nobody really wants to insure a dental hygienist. We're one of the highest risk groups for filing claims. And now thanks to COVID, um, we've been out on Facebook as the number one riskiest profession. So I'm finding it extremely hard to find companies that will take us. But just say if they're getting out at $80,000 and they're in their mid twenties, they're, they're, they should expect to pay 180 to 230 a month to okay. ensure that income. But so you, if you take that out, you know, let's just say, let's, let's say it's a little like 3% of, of your, of your salary and you and you you're usually insuring 60% of that of that salary Correct. and is that increase with inflation or is it very much of a flat flat deal depends on the company so right now we don't have a lot of companies so i almost have to when i go through the riders the features that you can yeah. uh, add to a plan bells and whistles however you want to describe them right now i'm having to Wade, would they rather have an own occupation plan and just own occupation for all of you that are listening, um, meaning that if I cannot do dental hygiene because of this left thumb uh, and I've been deemed disabled, my new job, my new career, any um, income I have from this is not coming against my benefit. Most hygienists want the own occupation if they can because we do know we file a lot of claims and we would want to be able to go out and create a new career and not have that new income come against us. That plan that I use for us for that, it does not have cost of living. Hmm. The other plan that I use has a beautiful cost of living, but it's modified. So if you wanna go, if you're healthy enough to go have a second career, those new wages are going to come against your benefit. So I have the conversation, what makes more sense to them? Yeah. Uh, most people really feel that if they can't do this profession, they'll probably be healthy enough to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's your perfect example of that. Yeah. You're not able to, you know, clean, clean teeth, but you're able to help other people with, with setting up DI and other things. And, and so, um, so what I would like to do, and we'll see if this is, this is possible, but could we break down some key areas that like you, you talked about ONOC, you know, and it's like, okay, we, we know what that is, but could we break down some certain like things that if you are in the market of trying to get this right, what needs to be in place? Because I know when it comes to whole life insurance, for example, I cringe inside because I, I see so many places where people go astray. And so if I, you know, I, I would, there's a lot of things that need to be checked. When it comes to disability and someone wants to have the conversation, how would you walk them through finding the right company and all this? And obviously we won't need to mention companies, but like what is the process of, of things that someone should know? And the reason why I want this on the podcast is so someone that have it as a resource as they're in the market to work with somebody. Number one, I'd say work with a broker. 
somebody who can actually go shopping for you. Yeah. Because if you pick a captured agent, that's what you got. And that's, I just wouldn't go that direction. Um, that's number one. I would want them to find a financially secure company because these are long-term contracts, just like your and yep. asset. You want to make sure that they're around for, for your entire career or, or until you retire. Course own occupation, that is like top of mind. Residual, if I can get everybody and anybody residual so that we don't have to wait till we lose our total career, there's so many things that can happen that reduce our hours. And so I would want that looked at. What does that say? Is it 20%? And then you got to get into the weeds and hopefully you have a agent um, a financial advisor who will go through that. What, what triggers that event? Is it that you're losing duties? Are you losing time? Are you losing money? Is it a combination? Because in that language, it's going to be how strong is that contract for you? In dentistry, in medicine, a lot of times we don't lose our career totally. Yeah. We just end up having an injury or an illness. Something happens that's causing us not to produce what we normally produce. Yeah. I did the same. I had to work part-time for almost a year before my thumb took me out. Um, so that's important. Um, I would love cost of living and of course for the occupations that allow it, you know, the physicians, you know, engineers, yep. um, all of those professions, they all can find a good contract with cost of living. Got it. Because that's huge for me. I didn't become disabled till I was 54 and my contract's gonna pay me till I'm 65, but my benefit is not gonna change. I did not get cost yeah. of living. And I got to say, I didn't understand it when it was presented to me. Yeah. I thought cost of living was that in my occupation, we get cost of living. Dentistry doesn't pay you an increase in cost of living. Very rarely. So I thought, what do I need that for? I wasn't getting that. It's the benefit yeah. that if I'm getting paid is going to go up with inflation. Yeah. And and what I'm hearing from you is, is this is really customized. I mean, it depends on 80%. what profession you get because it's like each each profession like chiropractors i think have a hard time getting disability i think they're one of the toughest toughest groups to get d disability on um and then so you not only need to know how different companies match up there and that's why having a broker someone independent that can shop out multiple companies is is really key but then also them being able to say we're not the goal is not necessarily to get the cheapest that should definitely be on the spectrum but it's like what what is if you're actually going to protect your income and when you're looking at the whole model what is what is the best thing to help you accomplish a result and it is tough because your hope is that you never need to use it but yeah. it's and, and that's that's my struggle with this and i think that's where a lot of people get caught up is they go uh it's like i i never want to use it it's kind of like putting money you know down the drain but but it goes to one of those things why do you insure your car why do you insure your home? Why do you? And I did run that on myself because I wanted to know, especially the yeah. span that I paid for it and my numbers. And I tell all my clients, just in transparency, I spent about $52,000 on my premiums from age 29 to 54. My benefit coming back to me from 54 to 65 will be $650,000 tax-free. Yeah. So was that an investment? And how would I have how would I have recouped that in my business into my home? And what if I would have been so sick that I couldn't have? Yep. And it would have 
it would have caused me to run my business differently because I would have had to focus on bringing in the money versus how do I want to establish this new career the way I want, partner up with joint partners that makes sense to me. Yep. I have the I have the ability to do that because yep. of my income is still there. So when it comes to, you know, a physician, when it comes to someone like like yourself, like obviously it's very clear that you can't do that anymore. How do you tell, like for someone like myself, someone like a CEO of a company, what about a business owner who's running a, a, a small mom and pop shop? How do you, a real estate investor, like how do you approach those? Because I, I would like to say that unless I'm on, on a deathbed, I would still be able to contribute. It's very arbitrary. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, doing this. So how does, how does that translate? And the other thing that I want to say is chronic illness, and we all know someone that's had cancer. We all know someone that's like got this, you know, disease. And, and there, some, some, some of the cases are super healthy person. So it's not just like you're going to break your thumb or you're going to do a jump on the ski skis and like, you know, get super hurt. A lot of times you can get knocked out with a, with a chronic illness. Exactly. And that's why in the contract, the residual part, because just like you can't picture yourself being so ill that you can't just lay in bed and still do a lot of what you do and run your companies. But, you know, you get something that is fibromyalgia, you get something that's Parkinson's, you get something like that, that you may not lose your career, you may not have to shut down your business, but you may not be able to function as you function. So that's why in the contract, do you have to lose your skills? Do you have to lose your time? Do you have to lose, you know, what is triggering that event? I mean, we have yeah. many physicians that they may not even lose money. They just can't be a surgeon anymore, but yeah. Maybe they can do research, but they've lost that skill of being a surgeon. So you would want that to be replaced if at all possible. So it is hard when people can't put themselves in that position and they think yeah. that they are throwing their money away. If you were talking to someone like me, what would, what would you consider a, a disability? Wow. I was just having this conversation with someone who hadn't, we were talking about the mental nervous part because mental nervous is a huge thing that is excluding a lot of people from getting, because you know, it's very easy to get antidepressants, anxiety. Yeah. And we're in COVID right now. Yeah. Mental health is huge. People don't, they don't remember that that can take you out of your job. And I had to walk her through the position because her thing was she's religious. She doesn't drink and she doesn't smoke and she doesn't take drugs. So she doesn't need mental nervous. And we're walking through, well, what happens if you have a, an event that causes you post-traumatic stress? And that can be anything. You know, you could be in a car accident. You may not be, you know, totally injured, locked yeah. up in bed or something, but you may not be functioning as you, as you could. There's lots of events that happen like that. Um, yeah. For me, if a patient went into anaphylactic shock, I'm telling you, I don't know if I'd go to work tomorrow. I'd need some time. Yeah. And so there's just lots of different things that fall in and it's just whatever's medically underwritten. So okay. what could a doctor tell you, Caleb, you need to cut back on your work. Maybe your blood pressure goes up. I need Got you it. to only work, you know, 60 hours a week instead of 80. Yeah. And that's, that's where this is, this is definitely the toughest to understand because you can't just necessarily just 
look at an infographic and say, oh, I understand this. You got to work with someone that really can take your situation because um, there's so many variables. I mean, just name a profession. Um, and so appreciate appreciate that. What, what are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they get DI? Um, because number one, not a lot of people are getting it, but the people that do get it, what are the biggest mistakes they're making? Picking it for premium. So, so finding the cheapest premium and going with that. Yes, because when these insurance companies and what I hear a lot of is everyone's very skeptical on insurance. They're never going to pay the claim. They're going to find something that, you know, there's a loophole, there's this. And when I talk to them, it, it's putting it in, if you're the insurance company and there's bare minimum for mine, at least $3 million policies on these new graduates coming out, that's a lot of money on the line for them. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you aren't just looking at what is it costing you? What would you yeah. get back? And so trying to help them understand that. And what I did like about Jeremy, he went through the three ways, you know, that you can look at this. You can be the ostrich and stick your head in the sand, which yeah. my parents did that. It didn't work out well. Um, if you aren't insurable or you don't have an occupation that's insurable, how are you saving yourself if it happens and how long I mean a lot of these young people will tell me well I, I'm a good saver and you're 23 years old you don't have a, a spouse you don't have kids yet are you gonna live at home forever and then can you transfer this yeah. um, I have to ask them you know what is their philosophy on that yeah. because I don't talk people into disability yeah if, if they start that conversation and they're just so dead set against it and they're almost in an antagonistic fight about it, I yep. just say next. Yep. Because it, it's, it's not a conversation I want to get into. I'm a firm believer in it. And if yep. I'm going to take my time to have to constantly talk people into it, I'm saying yes to them. And I'm saying no to the one that really yep. wants to help. Yep. This is fascinating, and um, I I know that there's going to be future conversations because what I'm what I'm most curious is as we as we've built hundreds of models for people, we can show we can show life events with our clients, and we could show this is what happens, and and a lot of times it's it's until people see that that they go okay how do I eliminate that, and when we can eliminate certain life events like. Uh, neg negative consequences happening, it, it can be a really, really powerful thing. So if you are a client of Better Wells, um, make sure to talk to your wealth coach about this. I'm sure in, in meetings, these will come up. You may have already had conversations and this is, this is something that hopefully we can, you know, bring some light to. Um, and, and also th thanks to you, Heidi, you've, you've inspired inspired us to make a domain betterwealth.com slash income protection betterwealth.com slash income protection. If you want to learn more and, and want to talk to someone on my team about disability, go there, schedule a time, um, because we are really going to take this thing seriously. I mean, we've always, I feel like a lot of advisors, they say that they do this, but it's, they really don't have a process. And that was me the first two years of like, yeah, I, I do that, but it wasn't really a part of the sales process. It wasn't part of the planning process. And now it's, it's a big part because we could set up a perfect plan and then God forbid something happens to you. Let's just throw that whole, throw all the hours that we worked on that plan together because now it's different. Well, and I, I'm in the opposite. I did all the DI first and I wasn't taking into account really until my own career ending injury is what 
else does money do for you? Yeah. So just like you've learned, I've learned, yeah, I can protect that. But if we haven't been building the wealth all along, and then where are we putting those dollars? Because yeah. I can't help them keep more on their balance sheet if we haven't put them into the correct buckets. And so that's where the and asset comes in because it's promise-based. And me being in my 50s, that rang a huge bell in me. Can you help me create a floor? Yeah. And so that's where I've grown my practice is, especially with women, you know, we want certainty. I don't want to be a burden to my kids. I don't yeah. want to have to go on a budget. I don't want to be a person at Walmart greeting everyone because I don't have any money. I want the floor created and let yeah. all the market-based stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go on a vacation. Let's help my grandkids with school. But I needed that certainty. So yeah. I think as professionals, we always have to continue to be open and share from each other. And you've done that a lot for me. I appreciate that. Anything else you want to talk about as it relates to income protection? Start the conversation. Yeah. And just, I think people just need to be open. That's what I like about your forum. I hope for me and all of the healthcare providers I deal with, yeah. I want it to be a safe place to gain knowledge, yeah. to make better money decisions before yeah. they need it. Because I always tell them yeah. I can't buy fire insurance if your house is already burning down. So when they're calling me and I need it, need it, need it today, I already know that there's something that they're concerned about. Yep. There's a body part that hurts and the insurance companies know that also. So yep. it is something you have to make a wise decision for your present self yep. or your future self. And yep. sometimes that's hard. Yeah, that's very wise words. Can't, can't buy fire insurance while your, your house is on fire. Uh, Heidi, you know how I love ending these podcasts with the legacy question, and it essentially goes like this: If this is your last day on earth, you were with the people that you love the most. What would you, what would that conversation be? What would your last conversation be with those with those loved ones of yours if you couldn't give them anything tangible other than this conversation? My kids could probably uh, repeat it back to you: Is make wise choices with your life, your finances, your relationships, your health. That's the best that I could ever pass on to them is make wise choices. Yep. My clients hear it. My patients heard it. They'd always just go, Heidi, I'm going to make wise choices. That's yep. all we can do. I, I think that's powerful. And it, it goes back into one life, live intentionally. And I think so, so often we take that one life for granted. And, um, and as a result, if you take your life for granted, a lot of times making wise choices doesn't matter. And so thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. How can people get connected with you, follow the work that you're doing, and um, and yeah, check out what you're what you're up to in the world? Well, my website should be, it's under construction, but you can still go to it, www.rdhinsurance.com. It used to stand for Registered Dental Hygienist. That's how I positioned that. I also, my email is Heidi, H-E-I-D-I at rdhinsurance.com. Reach out to me and um, I'd love to have a conversation, walk you through the process, run you some numbers so that you can make a wiser choice on if this makes sense to you. Awesome. Heidi, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Caleb. Keep up the good work. I got to keep running. You got to continue to be my running partner. Do you, do you play me at 1x speed or 1.5 or just regular? I, I like it just regular. Okay. 
I know, I know some people play me at like two X. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's quick. So thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Caleb. Stay healthy. Have great holidays. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.